Hi, I'm Tim. And I'm Vanessa. And this is our Script to Script episode focusing on Flowers in the Attic, which is a suggestion of yours, right? Yes, because I know I know it's, it's an interesting story, and I, In- I figured... Interesting, that's a way to put it. Well, and it's one I know a lot of girls in the 80s and 90s read. They learned to masturbate, too. That's what you're saying. Yes. They discovered the flower of their womanhood. Oh, my God. Is that how you want to put it? I suppose if you want to put it that way. (laughs) Yeah. You could, but you shouldn't. So I kind of want to start with a few things about the author more. So V.C. Andrews. Right. This was a big deal back when it came out in, what, 79? Yes. Okay. Uh, V.C. Andrews didn't actually write a lot of novels. Like, there's a few in the Flowers in the Attic series, maybe a few standalones, I'm not sure. But overall, not a lot. Looking at the, like, bibliography that are of books published under V.C. Andrews, more of them have been published by her ghostwriter, who's still writing today, because that's the kind of nightmare world we live in. Yes. Where someone can sit there and take an old dead author who was very popular and just write another name and make a living. Which is weird. Well, but you found out why. Well, yeah. Well, I found out. No, that's not why. I just found out that that's clearly someone saw profit in it. Like, probably her estate and family were like, yeah, this is worth money. Keep it going. So anyway, Flowers in the Attic is the, the first in the Dolenganger series, which to me sounds like a really subtle porno name from the 70s. Ooh, the Dolenganger. You know. <laughs> Some weird sex move right, that tell, you've never heard of. Tell me you weren't thinking that. Like, it's like it's about, like, you know, Swedish people wearing... No, because I, I kept thinking it was, like, a weird take on Dabbleganger. Yeah, yeah, that could, that could be. And, and do you think that's, like, maybe the reason the name is used is because... Because of the, as we'll get into later, the relations, though. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Anyway, so this is actually the most, I'd like to preface this. as We read the synopsis for the remainder in the series because we were curious. We're like, what's go, how does this series continue? And it goes off the fucking rails. Like, this is the most grounded, like, normal of all the books in the Dolenganger. Yes. Which, again, like I said, sounds like a bunch of Swedish men wearing, like, baby doll masks while, like, gang-banging, you know, some poor distressed hooker who did not know what that 50 bucks was for. She <laughs> just needed it, clearly. Oh, that's horrible. That's uh, what I do. I just, I take everything and I ruin it. Yes. You, you're aware. I know. I've anyway, lived with you long enough. So start us off in the book. So the narrator in both the movie and the book is Kathy, who is the second oldest. She's a girl. She's always trying on bathing suits. They never fit her well. She's so angry. <laughs> what? The old comic strip that... Oh, Kathy. Yeah, like, yeah. chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. <laughs> what? Where did that come from? Because <laughs> I make fun of it on uh, 30 Rock. They make, oh, okay. Where Tracy Jordan is like, I saw you in the in the papers yesterday. And she's like, what? And he shows her the Kathy oh. comic strip. Okay, so we are on the same page. Yes. I just... Okay, <laughs> anyway. Uh, and she has an older brother, Christopher. She has younger twin siblings, Corey and Carrie, which are, Carrie's the girl, Corey's the boy, just in case, because Corey can be a, a girl's name. Yeah, it's good Carrie. Tenet? I would assume. Okay, we'll go with it. And her parents are 
was it Cor- Corrine? Corrine, and I don't remember the father's name. The father's name was Christopher as well. Okay. But the movie is pretty much skims over the the beginning. Because the book is, oh, Kathy finds out that her mom's pregnant with twins, and she's her her dad's world, and she's so upset because she doesn't want to get replaced. She's like, what if you have a girl? What if you have two girls, and you won't love me, and blah, blah, blah. The dad's like, oh, you'll always be my special, like, first girl or whatever, and that, like, calms her down. Basically, she, like, loses her little fucking mind. Yeah. And they mostly establish that they're a happy family. They live in the suburbs. They 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 aren't rich, but they have they're comfortable. You know, they have the things they need. That her dad's always he goes on trips, uh, for his job, and he's always coming back with presents for them. Yeah. And and he's the, a very good salesman because yeah. the boss comes over for dinner. You know that old trope, I guess. And they all are, was it like blue eyed, blonde hair. So they, they all look like dolls. Right, which is a description I'm like, yeah, that's what I've thought, looking at people who are blonde hair, blue-eyed. I'm like, they look like dolls, yeah. As opposed to, oh, they look like Hitler's wet dream. I, I guess you can't put that in a book from the 70s, yeah. you know. But in both the book and the movie, it's their dad's 36th birthday, and they're waiting for him to come home, and eventually the police show up and say there's been an accident. Now, this is where there's a bit of a divergence from the book and the movie. For one, in the movie, it's just here's some policemen, they're talking to mom, the kids know what's going on, they freak out. In the book, like, it's not only it's a whole party, there's a whole bunch of people, and the cops describe the accident, and it sounds like a Rube Goldberg setup. It's amazing. Is that there was an accident, like, some guy was like, drunk driving and lost control, and the father, like, decided to try defensively drive around it and then he got in an accident and rolled and then the car burst into flames <laughs> like it's this whole setup like it gets caught in a crane it falls over and you're just like it's like oh you figured that all out in like three four hours usually they they investigate things a little bit more well apparently in my opinion vc andrews wanted the father to die be dead for dead good like she was like no not like a cartoon character he's not coming back he's like no we're gonna we're gonna wreck him roll him and then set him on fire <laughs> oh that's that's what we get like i said it's very cartoonish and that's like that's that's like the odd tone for the rest of it is that there's these moments where you're just like i don't know what's going on yeah and so after after he's dead, now, I, now in the movie the mom is like, okay, or you know they sell all the crap they own to try to make ends meet to make like house payments until they're broke. Whereas in the book it's like everything they own is on credit, so everything's getting repossessed. Yeah. Yeah. And then mom is writing letters home and like, oh, I guess I'm gonna try to ask help. And like the kids are like, I don't know why this is a big deal. Hey, speaking of which, why haven't we ever gone to see grandma and grandpa before? There's a good reason why they haven't seen Grandma and Grandpa. Ever. At all. Or should I say their aunt and uncle? Mm. You could. You could say both. I, I guess both, yeah. Which we find out we find out later. But they yes. go there. That This is all supposed to take place in 1957, isn't it? Yeah, w- which is weird. Because in the book it takes place in the 50s. Because it's supposed to be like she's she's writing this down in a journal when she's older. So since this book was written in 79 for, you know, a number of years to have passed and for it to make sense, then, yeah, it would have been in the 50s, which I'm guessing is also when the author was not maybe quite that age, but closer. So she remembers kind of being young 
around that time. Right. Because this is this seems to be told from the in the book from the point of that this is happening modern when the book came out. Yeah. So this the book, or the recounting is I should say the recounting is happening modern. So this is all in the like yeah. Past-ish. So the movie is set in the eighties. They don't actually don't really set the movie. But the thing is, I have to assume based on what they're wearing, fashion and haircuts, yes. maybe. But like, even that- like when when Mister Creepy gives the dress to the mom, yeah. that is a very eighties dress. Good God, it's so fucking ugly. Yeah. Hi, I look dumpy. Oh, you look wonderful. <laughs> you look so unfuckable. We're, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves, yeah. though. But yeah, so so she gets a letter from. <clears throat> we should probably clarify: this is the nineteen eighty seven film. Yes. Not- the, not the recent TV movie. We were like, let's do the theatrical one. Yes. And that's the one I've actually, I saw the movie, not a ton, but a number of times. Because I know it was one of them at the library. And the, I will come out and say the movie does not have incest, which is why it's not a horrible movie. Well, it has incest in the fact that mom and dad. Yes. But we'll, we'll get further into that but, as we go. But so she finally gets a letter from her mom saying, okay, you can come and bring the kids. Well, grandma to the mom. And so they travel. uh, They end up having to walk quite a ways from the train station to to get to the house. Meanwhile, mom is talking about how much money that they're going to have. Like, you know, like they just have tons and tons. They're very, very rich. Lots and lots of money. And you guys will have everything you want. Now, what I now here's the big difference is when they get the house in the movie there's a butler in the book the only people that know that the children are there are the mom and grandmother no servants no staff no one nothing and in the movie the people that know are the grandmother the mother the one butler and the groundskeeper yes like everyone is complicit in this Okay, so they say, they take the kids up to this one room. The grandma's like, they'll stay here, and they're not going to leave. And then, oh, when the servants clean on, like, every Thursday, you guys are going to go hide in the attic and just shut your fucking faces while they do. And then you can maybe come down. Yeah, the, the grandmother right away tells them about the attic. In the movie, they don't tell them for, like, a day or two, and the mother tells them. And she's like, the grandma's like, oh, I let her tell you. Yeah, t- yeah, take that, you. Because in the movie, they just make the grandma straight up a bitch. Like, there is She's nothing redeeming about her. But then again, considering who's playing her, you know. Yes. The, the woman that plays her is... Nurse Ratchet. Yep. From One, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's, Cuckoo's Nest. Nest. Yep. So, which is funny, because she, she won the Academy Award for that, and then the woman that plays the grandmother in the remake, the TV movie, is also Academy Award winner. So they got some good people to play the Although grandmas. Although, clearly, you should really know her from the movie Brainstorm with Christopher Walken. Oh, and Natalie Wood, then that is yeah. an old movie. Yeah, that, I actually, now I gotta watch that, so thank you, IMDb, for Random Page. She was still alive in 83? God, I felt like Natalie Wood died in the 70s. It happens. Anyway, uh, so yes, Grandma is way more of a villain. Now, in the book, she's strict, and we're to take away that she's a villainess, but we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, the, uh, they said, she sets on some rules. Right away is that the like boys and girls have to sleep in separate beds. Yep. No, she gives them a whole paper like with like 20, 20 rules. rules. And some of the big ones are uh, do not see each other unclothed, uh, don't touch your 
your dirty places basically unless you're cleaning them and only to clean don't look at yourself naked and just basically no impure thoughts or actions of, of even about yourself yeah how dare you and and, and oh well we should say kathy is 12 years old when the book starts christopher is 14 i think or 15 14 or 15 yeah and then the kids are cory and carrie what six i think Something like that, yeah. So so they're like, the older ones are just on the cusp of puberty. Right. So the the basically the setup is that, okay, we, uh, the mom's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get myself back in my dad's good graces, get back in the will so I can get all the monies, we'll live happily. You guys just got to hide out until that happens. And then he dies because like, oh, he's going to die any day now because he's like sickly. He's dead. He's dying. Dead, dead, dead. Yeah. So, uh, oh yes, mom gets whipped. Yes, that, that's that changes. That's it's much more drastic in the novel than it is in the movie. Although I love in the movie, it's it's creepy in a different way because she goes, she's facing her dad who's like laying sick in bed, and she's taking off her blouse, and she has tears rolling down her face, and, and the, smiling. The, yeah, and like, he's yeah. just like staring and smiling like. Yeah, take it off. You you take that shirt off. And the grandma like pulls a whip out and like brings it down to the ground, which is amazing. But in the in the movie, she gets only seventeen lashes because you know one for each year of sin she lived with her uncle. Yes. Because in the movie, it's her uncle. In the book, it's like she mar- like Corrine married her half uncle because of weird age shenanigans. You know, people boning each other. You know. What is what would they call it? I think there's a term for it, like generational incest or something along those lines. Yeah. Where it's not not really incest so much as it's just like these different generations crossing and boning. Yeah, because she she got additional whips in the book for what? Uh, one for each child, and then like one for each year, and then what was it? Some something else like. Like she got a shit ton of whips in the like book. Like thirty five lashes, but it was like a willow stick, so it wasn't like a whip whip. I mean, still hurt like still, hell. Yeah, and she clearly bled from it. But yeah, it's like, again, they make Grandma into like a fucking sadist in this in the not in the movie. They're just like, yeah, she's evil, just you know, like ragingly evil. So it doesn't take too long, and they they try to make the attic more of a home where they are adding these fake flowers and they clean it, they draw yeah. on it, they yeah, the the older kids take. To teaching the younger kids a little bit. They try to make the best of it. Uh, her talk's apparently nuts. Uh, so anyway, uh, what's like the first major thing that really occurs in the book versus the movie? Because like in the movie, I'm trying to think of where they actually have something happen. Well, it in the movie, they're quickly, it doesn't take long for them to be like, Mothers, because they, they have a, an older woman narrating occasionally throughout it, who's supposed to be Kathy as a grown woman. And like, mother's visits became fewer and fewer until finally she hasn't visited in, like, months or something like something that. Something like that. Like, very quickly. They, like, just kind of skip ahead. Whereas in the book, they have a lot of just, like, the mom keeps visiting. Like, the mom is visiting pretty much as often as she can. She keeps bringing them presents. She keeps being loving and helpful but then there's kind of a point where it crosses and that's where the book is better at establishing that that mom clearly starts thinking more about herself 
Yes. And you know, and there's a, there's a point, and of course, there's a, there's a bit of a tension between Kathy and Chris because Chris wants to believe in mom more, and Kathy right away is like, "Our mom's changed. Something's wrong. Yeah. Something something's up." Well, and then during the book, she starts to get boobs, and she gets her period. Yeah. And then Christopher, this was like one of the weirdest things because because Corey kept wetting the bed, and then Kathy was always changing the sheets. And at one point, she's like, oh, there are wet spots on Christopher's side of the bed. Like, Christopher, are you wetting the bed as well? And he's like, they're called nocturnal emissions. They're perfectly natural because Christopher wants to be a doctor. Yeah. And so he's he always knows stuff about the human body. And he's just knowledgeable overall. And it's just like, uh, I get it. I get it. You're trying to, like, tell us that they're they're growing older and natural aspects of growing up but it's still it's weird it comes across as really creepy uh no the big part where like they actually start to notice something is up in the book there's going to be a big party and mom is like okay well i'll let you sneak out and you can watch the party you know like like you know let you be out once basically uh just you can't get caught and so while they're watching the party they see mom and this guy who happens to be the lawyer of grandpa Yep. And they're like, uh, mom is like hanging out with lawyer man a lot. And they've kissed a couple times and, and he's, he's also touched her boob. He's, he's grabbing her ass, grabbing her on the front. And, and Kathy's like, something's up. And Chris is like, no, 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 no. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Mom is just, 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 you know, indulging him or something. Yeah. I'm yeah, pretty sure he's going to become the next Norman Bates. Pretty much. That's what they set it up, where Chris is just like, no, mom, mom's fine. Mom, mom would never do anything to upset me. No, I must kill. Mother's pure. Mother's whole. Oh, he's rocking back and forth. Yeah. So they, they end up getting back to the party. And this actually, after that, because they get back to the room, and then Christopher's like, well, since the party's still going and we're not locked in, I'm going to go wander around, see... The layout of this place because if we there's like a fire or something we have to get out we need to know yeah. where to go or if we ever need to escape that kind of thing i need to know about how things are set up i want to take a look so they uh he goes out and then she, kathy is woken up by her mother shaking her like where's christopher where's christopher she's like i don't know and then christopher comes wandering in and the mom slaps him and's like if you ever do something like that i will whip you until your skin hangs from you or something like that right where it's like, oh shit, the mom so, is not... Yeah, that's the point in the book where you, you fully realize mom is not the same character she was at the beginning. She's clearly changing, and she's adopting a lot more behavior like her own mother. Like, the grandmother is all they ever call it. Well, and I'm trying to think, was it before this? Or, I think it was after this where the grandmother catches them... Doing something sin- sinful. Right, like talking in the bath or something Well, like that. in the movie, it's Kathy's in the bath, and Christopher comes in to talk to her. And she comes in, she's like, sinners! Right. Spawn of Satan! And... In the and, movie, and, it's hilarious, because Chris just chases her out, like, rah, 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 you get out of here! Uh, in the book, again, this is where things go a little cartoonish, because it's not the same thing they get caught for. I think it's... Oh, that's right, she's admiring herself naked in the mirror. And Chris comes down from the attic and sees her, and then they and he's just staring at her, and she she notices him and doesn't do anything. The mother, the grandmother comes in, and at that point, yeah, because Christopher's all like boobies. Because like I've never seen a pair of other moms, and even that, 
because he has a kind of weird fascination with his mom. Yeah. And they... So the grandmother in the book is like, okay, well, I'm going to cut off your hair. To teach you as punishment, or otherwise, and if you don't... And she's like, oh, Chris, like, I won't let you. It's like, well, fine, then I'll starve you for, like, two weeks or whatever. And it's weird, because in the book, she... She drugs her. She drugs her, which is the funniest part to me. Like, she wakes up, and like she's like, oh, there's a needle in my arm, and I feel all groggy. It's like, why did Grandma need to drug you? I'm, I'm not following. Why not drug all the other kids? Because Chris would be the one who put up a fight. Yeah. No. She, and she wakes up, and her hair is covered in tar. It's like, okay. But somehow they managed to get it out. It <laughs> damages it. her hair. So then eventually, because they're starving, like, I think the grandma doesn't feed them for two weeks. Right. She cuts off a big section of the top of her head so she could still cover the rest of her hair with, like, a, a, towel. Bun, a towel or something, and it would look like she cut it off. But, like, they resort, both in the book and movie, while they're being starved, Christopher is giving them blood. To the twins. To, to the twins, to yeah. To keep them alive. Which which was a good scene in the book. In the movie, it didn't really make a lot of sense. Like, you understand why. Like, it's basically any sustenance in the book. Yeah. In but the what's movie, horrible in the book, then, is that they're just about to actually eat mice. That they... Dead mice in the attic. Yeah. And she has, like, the... Basically, the skinned mouse in her hand, and she's, like, working up to eat it when he comes up where the grandmother finally dropped off food for them. But... She was very nice. She left donuts in there for them. Yeah. Powdered donuts. Which which is one of those things that sends up red flags. See, in the book, it's established. She has, like, this rule. One of her rules is no sweets. Nothing ever. Yeah. Right? So, all of a sudden, the appearance of powdered donuts is red flag number one. In the movie, right away, there's just, like, powdered sugar cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Just, to, like, from the very get-go, they're just given four. One, one each right away. And... Just the way that the camera focuses so meaningfully on it, it's just, you can tell that something is wrong. It's yeah. like, ding, ding, ding. Like they, like, they literally play, like, a soft, tinkly bell, and as you see, like, the powdered sugar being, you know, spread upon it, you're like, okay. And they, I think after this, it may have been, in the movie, they, oh, they, like, get one of the iron bars off the window, and yeah, because in the movie, there's iron bars in the windows. Yeah. It's, it's not enough that the kids are in the attic. They have to have it barred. They get it off. Uh, the the brother and the, the Kathy and Chris decide to try to wander outside, see if they can get away. Uh, so they have a, a rope that they have, just because, you know, this attic is full of whatever the plot requires. <laughs> you know, it's one of those. It's, it's a big pocket dimension. If you look hard yeah. enough, you can find something. They have a hammer and chisel, for example, and screwdrivers, things like that. That, like, that I could believe. Yeah, I could believe maybe some random tools, especially some older things, but just like this really thick, like, naval rope or something like that. Okay. Well, it must have been old because it snapped. Yeah, it snapped for no reason. And the rain starts pouring. Cause... Yeah. It's not dramatic if it's not raining. How didn't you go to film school? Well, and the the kids are starting to get sick, where they keep having stomach cramps, and their tummy hurts, and I think they're, like, vomiting and shitting and stuff pretty frequently. Yeah. And... Like, something is wrong, but we're really, really dumb. Because in the movie, I think it may have been... The grandmother does end up chopping off Kathy's hair, and she also breaks her 
ballerina music box that her dad had given her. That's in the movie. Yeah, in the movie. Yeah, which is hilarious. That's one of the best scenes just because, like... Because she literally just, like, she, like, yells at him, everyone out of the beds, and, like, you know, yells at yeah, and then she just wanders over oh, to the mantle. Oh, that's the one where she wakes, she finds them in bed with each other. Yes. Nothing, nothing sexual, but it's just, they were, because Kathy, uh, no, Corey and Carrie wanted to just stay in the bed together. Right. And so, Grandma comes in, just, tunk, knocks it over, and then Kathy's character is screaming, Aah! like, it's, it's way melodramatic, it's. To the to the tens, uh, well, and then it starts to do it where, in the movie, they get the pins out of the the door hinges so they can look around the house. Which I thought was a much better, much better way of getting around the house. Whereas in the book, their way of like being able to escape the room is they fashion a wooden key, copying it off of mom's by sticking it into a bar of soap. Yeah, as an impression. I was like, okay, yeah, removing the pens is probably is much smarter. But they, so they, Christopher starts leaving to go to her mom, their mom's room to get money. Because they know they need to escape, but they know they need at least a decent amount of money, at least $500 to, to really survive at least for a while until Christopher can get a job. And keeps going in there. And then it's like so weird because... They, he brings Kathy with him one time. Going, going to the novel, yeah. specifically. Well, actually, in the in the movie, they don't, they're not escaping to get money or anything. No, they're, they're just, just looking around, trying to yeah. see, like, what's happening. Well, no, Christopher, I think, went to go to try to find their mom. Right, because they, they haven't seen him in a while, so yeah. they're like, we got to find mom. That was actually the reason they go out the window. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe mom's hurt or sick. Like, yeah, that's that's that makes sense. That's what your mom would do. But they, they end up going to the bedroom and the book and Kathy finds this cross stitch book which I obviously just has it's a fake cover so no one would look into it and it's essentially like a Kama Sutra or something where there are a bunch of like sex positions and I took it it was an actual like porn magazine yeah because the way they were talking about it, like there's oh people in all positions and like multiple people and it's like yeah it's strikes me more as like a old-fashioned hustler or something like those lines you know, with his actual, like, the act. And Kathy is, like, all bothered by it. And Chris, meanwhile, is like, yeah, yeah, let me let me look. Just look at that for a few more minutes. Just just uh, a few. Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to go in the bathroom for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the sheets aren't in there, are they? Oh, thank <laughs> God. I can't afford to wash them again. But it, it's getting creepy because there are, like, moments where they're, like, up in the attic in the book. And they, like, kiss. And Kathy... Why did... Oh, they're like, he starts chasing her up there, Christopher, and she ends up getting stabbed by the scissors, I think. She gets cut. And and so her top is off, and he's like bandaging it, and he like kisses her nipple and stuff yeah. like that. It's just like weird, creepy moments like that. You're like, mmm. And I was starting to get to those moments, and I turned to Tim, I'm like, are these incest things creeping you out? Like, they're creeping me out. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty disturbing. They cut all this, all that subtext and overt text out of the movie entirely. It's gone. Yeah. Apparently, it was originally in the movie, but test audiences did not like it. Yeah, test audiences, for some reason, weren't cool with watching a brother and sister make out and maybe do it. Just because they're trapped in an attic. I think I found a moment in the film where Christopher is upset in the room because he realizes that like his the mom is like going to marry Bart or something. 
And well, he, this is I think it's just after the she comes in to announce that don't you want to hear my news? Of course I thought of you. And she announces the wedding. That's why she's been gone so long. Is because they had a honeymoon. They were out fucking around. But oh, I brought you presents, so it should be okay. You know. Well, there. So Christopher's up in the attic and he's all upset. And Kathy comes up and then he kind of goes over to her and like wraps his arms around her like super serious expression it just fades away and i'm like that looks like it was leading up to them finally having sex and i'm pretty sure that's what it was and they cut it probably like because i had seen the movie and i never thought about that but knowing that they cut those scenes down really makes me think there's still some remnants in there yeah so i'm trying to think well one of the best moments in the film is that's showing the mom with the grandfather and he gives her a present and she like opens it up and it's this stupid, ugly peach. 80s dress. Yeah. But the grandfather has like Howard Hughes fingernails. He looks like he's growing out Coke nails. That's all yeah. it looked like to me. Yeah, he has like the like the knockoff Wolverine, like I'm weapon, I'm weapon grandpa. It's like Meg with her stupid power. It's like her nails get long and she scratches like, ow, ow, that hurt. Did, did you break this guy? No, no, but ow. Yeah. But still, ow. Yeah. And it's really creepy. And then, of course, yeah, then we show, like, the part where, like, the the lawyer, who they don't really establish as a character in the movie. He's just kind of, you know, um, Mr. McHandsome. You know, he's like, hi, I'm here in between soap opera gigs. He does look like that kind of actor. He does. He'd be, like, like in between shots in this movie, he's like, I'm sorry, Miss Davidson. Your husband's in a coma, and I'm afraid he won't come out. That's okay. Everything I need right here. Do you want to do it in front of your comatose husband? Bah! This message brought to you by MC Hammer's new album. No, that was too too early for MC Hammer. What, 87? I think so. They made the movie in 86. Okay, well, that's true. They, I was just trying to think something 80s that would work, and that's all. Flock okay. of Seagulls? <laughs> the best of... The best of wham. There you go. <laughs> uh, where are we at? Well, Corey starts to get really sick. Yeah, Corey gets really sick. And they don't, this is the, the again, I, the the thing that cracks me up is like they don't put two and two together at all. Oh, like, actually, no, no. Right before Corey gets sick, uh, Christopher essentially rapes Kathy in the attic. And in the, again, book only. Book and only. Creepy <laughs> as fuck. And again, like, because the, the conversation afterwards where she's like, oh, I, I could have stopped you, but I guess I wanted it to happen. And it's like, that's off-putting. Like, again, you can excuse it as these characters are children. They don't know any better. Like, they're really dumb on top of all it. What I hate, though, is that Christopher is sitting there and he's like, because Kathy has talked to the mom a few times about her needing a bra and her period and stuff like that. You know, like, womanly things. And Christopher's like, at least you have someone to talk to. I've these urges and these feelings and I don't have a man to talk to. And it's like, so are they kind of saying is if you're a man and, or like a teenager and you have a woman in the room with you for a while and you get really horny, you're just inevitably going to rape them because you're horny. You have no one to talk to or to, to express your sexuality. I don't have a message board to get angry at and look at, look at sexualized Pokemon. What am I to do with this boner? Nothing. So, so I, I thought that was kind of a kind of a weird message they sent. The whole, well, the whole book is weird. Yeah. And again, reading the rest of them and how off the rails they go. This is, again, we don't joke. This is the most normal 
of all of them. Because then it, it seems like only like a few days or maybe a week after, Corey gets really sick, and they're Kathy keeps thinking like this is punishment from God for what we did. Right. And uh, they finally get the grandmother. Like I think shows up, and they say to the grandmother like Corey is really sick. He needs to go to a hospital. And she just kind of leaves. Yeah. In both, I think the book and the movie, this is one where we're back on track. Uh, mom comes back with like now in the book. Mom and Grandma take Corey out in a stretcher just by themselves. In in the movie, it's, hey, there's the helpful butler and the groundskeeper who are quite aware of the children in the attic that are... And they even menacingly in a movie show, like, hey, here's a couple of graves the uh, you know, groundskeeper's digging out in the garden or the back lot. I don't know. Yep, because it turns out Corey died. Yep, Corey dead. Oh, we forgot to talk about Mickey. Or yeah. Fred, whichever. Depending on which license you it's a It's a mouse they they caught. Corey decides that he wants to keep a mouse alive because he wants a pet. And in the book, he names him Mickey. In the, in the movie, he names him Fred, probably, so they don't have to bother, you know, getting an angry C&D from the House of Mouse. Yeah. But the mouse comes into play in the fact that they're like, hey, let's give the mouse some of the sugar cookie and slash powdered donut and see what happens. Uh-oh, the mouse died. Hmm. Hmm. Do you think those are poison? Do you, do you think? Do you think? Yeah, but it turns out, what is it? Arsenic. Yes. It's arsenic mixed with the sugars to disguise the, the flavor. Right. And we find this out more because Chris goes out on, like, one big hurrah. Like, he's out doing one last, like, okay, I'm going to grab as much as I can, grab the jewelry, rob mom blind, and then we're just leaving. Because Corey's dead, you know, it's, we it's we have safe. no we have no reason to stay. Yeah, it's too dangerous now. We have to get the fuck out of here. And he overhears something about uh, how like about grandma. Talk, you know, the servants are talking about how grandma's like has closed off one part of the wing, the one they're in conveniently, and is like hand poisoning the little mice upstairs. Yep. Because they got lots of mice. Isn't that weird? And Corey's like, holy shit. And then he also discovers that. Oh, whoa, whoa, double holy shit. Grandpa's dead. He's been dead for months. In the book, I think it was over a year. In it, the movie, it, it was... In the book, it was nine months okay. when he finds out. Oh, Which in the... coincides right with when they start getting the powdered donuts. Yes. Right? Whereas in the movie, it's just it's been like a year or so, something along those lines. And we, we find out that it, was, it wasn't that the mom was just like, oh, I'm going to kill them. She There was a... Like basically a footnote in the will that okay, all the all my stuff is left to Corinne, but if, if it turns if, out she has children from her first marriage, or if she has children from her next marriage or anything like that, she basically if she ever has kids, she loses all her inheritance. Which I didn't think you could do that in a will where it'd be like, hey, you get all my stuff, but if something happens in the future, I won't be surprised that you can because try some random crap, I guess because it. I mean, there's nothing saying that you have to follow it. You just won't get the money. And it can be one last fuck you to the person. Mm. But anyway, uh, in, it's just, yeah, in, the, in the book, it's a little less clear. Like, the, the kids run out. They leave. Uh, no one really tries to stop them. In the movie, this takes a completely different turn. Completely. This is where, yep. like, fuck it. Everyone gets vengeance, except for Grandma. For some reason. As yeah. it turns out that the mom is aware, because they actually show the sugar cookies being sprinkled on it, the poison powder sugar, by mom. 
Because the movie wants you to know mom is evil, just in case you had any ambiguous feelings about yes. mom. Whereas in the novel, it's not really clear. The novel leaves a little more ambiguity for grandma, for example. Yep. By quite well, a bit. Well, and the, the grandma has a couple moments in the book where they're talking about... Because the grandma refuses to go up into the attic because when she was a child, she was locked into closets to be punished by her parents. So she doesn't like confined spaces. So she's at, she asks them, what are you doing up there? And they say, oh, we're, we're making basically fake flowers and stuff for the kids to make it kind of like a garden. And the grandma comes in the next day with a small potted plant. And it it's like one of the few times she shows to be human and to kind of have some emotion. Because I think it's not so much that she wants to hate her grandkids. It's that her daughter did something so sinful and so wrong. She honestly believes these are the spawn of the devil. And she, she can't allow herself to get close. No. But she doesn't, I don't, and the thing is, in the book, she doesn't really shown feeling one way or the other. Yeah. Which, again, comes across as villainous, but then you get to the end and you realize that it's probably the mom. Oh, sorry, because, like, if Grandma wanted to kill them, she wouldn't have bothered with the powdered donuts. I don't think that's what she would have done. Because no. she was very explicit, no sweets. So those are clearly coming from Mom, in my opinion, in the book. Right? And those start happening right after Around the Will... That's mom. That's totally mom. Like that's mom going. Holy shit! I got these that are basically gonna take away all my money. I guess I can get them killed. You know why not? I don't really care about them anyway. And grandma just kind of goes along with it. But if they'd adhered to her rules of not having sweets, they wouldn't have been poisoned. Yeah, but in the in the movie, they come down. They discover the will saying basically that that if you have any kids. But right. I think it, it makes it obvious. They make it sound like that she knew from day one. That this would be a thing. Yeah, that like... Also, it, mom is getting remarried like right there. Yeah, that the day. But before they get down, they hit the grip uh, across the face with a bedpost and knocks her out. Yeah. So they... Yeah, they... Then they, they storm the wedding. You know, hey, hey, mother. Uh-huh. Mother? Yeah, and she's like, oh, I don't know who you kids are. Oh You're- my god, she... Chrissy Swanson, which people know as the original Buffy, plays Kathy. And in some ways, it's such a cheesy performance. But it, I think she did a good job for the material and what it was. Because she's a very angry, angsty teen. With good reason. Yeah. But but because like, that's what the character in the book is, too. Right. And, and, and I think she does a great job. But especially when she's confronting, it's like... Mother, you knew we were up there. We were dying. You didn't come for us, mother, but you promised, mother, mother, mother. Meanwhile, Chris is like, "Yep, that's what I'm gonna play in my head when I'm killing people at my hotel." <laughs> How would you like a room? You won't be there very long. But tell what happens at the end of the, oh, the yes. wedding. Uh, Mom, of course, freaks out. Because she's like, she's trying to pretend like, oh, you're not my children. Oh, no, but I'm overcome with guilt. And she runs away and she ends up falling over a little railing and her veil train gets wrapped around something and hangs her. It's amazing. And so then she, she's, she did. And then she's swinging slowly. Just re, re, and then the kids just sort of walk off. They're like, well, yeah, no, off. no one stops. It's like, OK, you just killed the bride. There are like. 50 of us here, but you're just going to calmly walk outside. And all the guests are pretty chill about it. They're like, huh, that's a... Yeah, she was uni- kind of a bitch. That's a unique wedding. Never thought I'd be part of one of those. Uh, 
Is this the inspiration for Four Weddings and a Funeral, do you think? I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. Now, what makes me so sad is that apparently Wes Craven had written a script for this movie, and they passed on it. And I would have loved to have seen the movie he wrote and directed. That would have been amazing. Like, because he wouldn't... Apparently his version was a lot creepier. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. He's not... Because people forget, like, he's not just a horror... Uh, director, writer, especially this was the time, a period where he was definitely trying different things. Although, yeah, he, obviously, a lot of times he led to atmospheric horror that just kind of a thing that fell into a lot of his other movies. So, it would have been interesting to see. And honestly, I kind of feel like he would have used the grandma as a red herring, yeah, for the like the, to the and the real reveal of mom would have been much more horrific. That's my opinion. Uh, I'm gonna have to call it movie on this one for better for, one for better. I, I will too. Not that the book was bad, because actually, in a lot of ways, the the movie was fairly faithful. They they cut out a lot of the excess stuff, but the fact that they removed the incest element of it does make the movie superior. And then it then it becomes more of like a psychological escape thriller in yes. a lot of ways, which is fun. Uh, and, and and I don't mind that they killed the mother. Apparently, though, the original director and writer of it, they decided they were going to film that ending. He walked off the set and quit the film because he refused to do that. And apparently the woman that plays the mom also got really upset about it. But I almost wonder if it's because they were planning on doing the second film or the second book as a movie. And the mother does play a role in the second and third books. Right. So maybe she was upset like that kills any chance of me coming back. Maybe. Literally I mean, kills it, any chance. It wasn't gonna make it. It wasn't gonna get a fucking sequel anyway. No, because a lot of the things it tackles are just. Should we mention some of the crazy stuff that happens in the next few books that we read up on? Uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, a Kathy, uh, they end up instead of taking the evidence they have, which could possibly indict mom for murder of one of her kids, uh, they decide not to because they don't want to risk the foster system. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but they end up being taken in by a doctor. A 40-year-old doctor. Who uh, Kathy falls for and then sleeps with, but then she decides to go uh, sleep with some guy and marry some guy at the theater she starts working at and then has a kid with him, but she hates him because he's super controlling because, of course... But he dies, so it's all good. It's all good. And then she ends up finding where... She decides to take vengeance on her mom by finding the lawyer and seducing him and sleeping with him, and she has a kid by him, and then... The grandmother and I think the... And the lawyer die in a fire. Right. And then she and Christopher end up together. Because finally, like, the doctor that she originally slept with is like, oh, you know, it was always your brother or whatever. And she realizes once he's dead that, yeah, her brother was the only one for her. This is and, all then, like... and then her kids, uh, Bart Jr., who is the kid of the lawyer, he ends up meeting his grandmother so... Kathy and Christopher's mom. Oh, and K- Carrie kills herself. Yeah. Um, she 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 buys powdered donuts and poisons them so that way she can join Corey properly or something yeah. along those lines. It's off, like I said, off the fucking rails. But the weirdest is that, because uh, the original author, V.C. Andrews, wrote all this except the last one, which is supposed to be a prequel that explains the grandmother and how, kind of how she grew up and stuff like that. And the prequel basically blames the setup because grandma and grandpa are super religious and that's supposed to be part of what led to this huge rift between the daughter because of marrying her half-uncle. But they basically, the guy who ghost wrote it, 
or finished it at least, blames it on the butler. Yeah. Like he brought the religion. Because that's what you do when you when you own a place is like when your servants move in, you go, you know what? I like your religious attitude. I really do. Well, they say much that he is, I think, the grandmother's cousin or something. So, so I could see a relation having more of an influence than just an average guy. I guess. But they do it where it turns out that uh, Corrine's uncle is not actually her uncle, but her half-brother. Right. Which makes the incest even worse. To make, yeah, to make the incest worse, just in case you weren't already put off by it. But then you do it where, like, the grandma misses her and, like, still loves her and she just feels bad. And she actually, she, like, really welcomed Christopher when he moved into the house because her his parents had died. And they basically, they're trying to make the grandma as sympathetic as possible. And it's like, no, no. She was much better as an ambiguously... Evil person. Right. Like, maybe evil, maybe not. Open to interpretation. That's that's the best possible world for that. But I don't know. Let's fuck that up. But yeah, just... I got done with the book, and I had to read the synopsis, because I'm like, I gotta know what happens. And it was just crazier and crazier. Yeah, and as, after reading through those, it's like, yeah, I can't imagine why they never made a sequel to that. But they did for the TV movie. Right, they did, which I wonder how... Which, a little part of me wants to see it, just to see how fucking crazy it is. But at the same time, I know it's just crazy sex. At least I don't think there's any incest in that one. But just tons of random boning, like revenge sex on everyone. That'll show them. Uh, All right. Any other final thoughts before we wrap up? Well, didn't someone in the chat ask how it would be with vampires? Or no, zombies? Yeah, how zombies would improve, if zombies would improve, either the book or the movie. Well, I guess Corey couldn't die again. That would have made things way more entertaining, at least in the movie, certainly. I, well, I, well I guess it's like vampire or not vampires, I keep saying vampires, zombies. Like, are they all zombies? Are they just zombies around? Like, are they hiding it in starts the attic? With, it starts with Corey. He's the beginning of, yeah. he's patient zero. Because you could almost do it. You could almost do that that story and be like, oh, we have to keep you in here because there are zombies. I'll tell you when the zombies are finally gone. Yeah. It's like, the zombies have been gone for two years, mother! <sighs> the zombies have been defeated. That's the World War Z already happened. Oh. Hmm. Valerie, zombies give the chance of necrophilia. They do. Necrophilic incest. Or is it not? In, or is the necrophilia take precedence over the incest? It's no longer. I think the it, I think it cancels it out because at that point it doesn't matter whose corpse you're boning. It's just wrong. It's just a corpse, and it's just gross. But yeah, so I mean, would you recommend the book though? And all I, I know, we said we prefer the movie over the book. It's an interesting read, but yeah, it's. I'm never reading anything else, but I has I the, just because it's one of those that I know. A number of girls at my school read. I didn't because I knew the basic story of it. And I knew that was not the kind of story I wanted to read. But it, I, And I think that's why it gained popularity is because it's not like full of sex. It has a couple moments. It's the whole awakening of sexuality, which for some reason a lot of people enjoy. Uh, I think it's also the reason, what is it? Blue Lagoon, that movie with Brooke Shields, yeah. got really popular because it's the whole idea of of discovering, I don't know, I guess sin, if you want to call it. Just, it, it's human nature. Right. And so I think a lot of girls read it and their dried up 
Attic flowers blossomed. Something like that. <laughs> You're trying to use what I did, what I said, but not quite, huh? Yeah. It's okay. Well, did you like at the beginning, the epilogue, it's like explaining basically why it's called flowers in the attic, where it's like, we were dried up, we, we yearned for sun and nourishment and rain and everything. We were like flowers in the attic. Yeah, I love it when they explain the title. It's like, well, that's that's a pointless thanks. Thanks for that. Oh yeah, I, I would... It, it, it was like an unkilling machine <laughs> that came back to kill us. It, it was out to terminate us. It was the Terminator. What about the movie, though? Would you recommend that? Again, I think they're both Overall, you could probably just leave. Yeah. I, I don't think the movie necessarily is bad. It's definitely is not action-packed. It's slow watch. I didn't mind it, but then again, when I saw it, I was like a preteen or a teen. So it was like just kind of a simple... Like you said, it's kind of like a, a psychological horror in a way. Psychological thriller. Or thriller. Yeah. And which... Which the kind it was, it, it was enough to be like, when I was young, to be like... Oh, this is so twisted and wrong. Yeah, but otherwise, not really. No. <laughs> yeah, it should have been titled Description and Epilogue. That should have been any. That could be a lot of books these days. Or, or it should have ended. It should have done the cheesy thing and be like, you know, we, we needed to grow. After all, we were flowers in the attic. Maybe they should have ended it like Mac and me. Like, we'll be back! With a flying, like a flying a Cadillac. Yeah, like, like don't, don't you threaten me, children. <laughs> Creepy, rapey, brother and sister. All right, well, we didn't get any emails, but what's our next book we're doing? It uh, looks like we're doing a recommendation, which no, is No, no, we're not doing the recommendation. I thought it was. You said no. it was a recommendation. No, the one after that is a recommendation. Okay, so which was the one we're doing? This one. Okay, so that's one that I picked, I assume. Yes. So we're doing Michael Crichton's Rising Sun. Eh? Eh? A Michael Crichton film that doesn't involve weird spheres or other science fiction. Actually, it's very, very grounded for the time. Uh, and it actually kind of falls into the theme of our general shows about Japanese culture a little bit. Eh? Eh? It's, now, it's tying does the things. book end with, And I Left the Land of the Rising Sun? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, uh, as always, in between then and now, you can reach us by emailing Tim at anime-pulse.com. Or Vanessa at anime-pulse.com. You can also reach me at my Twitter, which is AP underscore Vanessa underscore, which I do respond to people pretty frequently. And a couple recommendations and questions and observations have been taken from there. So, so we pay attention. But we definitely hope to hear from people and keep sending recommendations to us. We keep adding them to our list and we'll get to them eventually. Yeah. 